Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. The May Lord. your hearts be blessed and transformed. Praise the Lord. I greet you all in Jesus' name. Our theme for this month is continually with God. Continually with God. And this morning, by God's grace, I'll be sharing thoughts with us on what I have tagged our pains and God's promises. Our pains and God's promises. And I want us to quickly open our Bibles to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. And I'll read from the New International Version. As I start from verse 21 through to 28. Psalm 73. Psalm 73, verse 21 through to 28. And then after that, I will cross over to Isaiah 41, verse 10. It says... When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory whom have i in heaven but you and earth has nothing i desire besides you my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the strength of my heart and my portion forever those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Amen. And then I want to quickly read... Isaiah 41. And I want to read from the contemporary English version. I'll read from the contemporary English version. You can just listen. It says, Don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't tremble with fear. I am your God. I will make you strong. As I protect you with my arm and give you victories, and give you victories, and give you victories. Praise the Lord. Our team this month, I believe 
is a word from God designed to encourage us. To encourage us and to remind us that we need to remain with him. We need to hold firm to him and we need to remain continually with him no matter the circumstances around us. I laid the foundation on Wednesday when I shared on the team. And what I'm doing this morning is essentially trying to build further on it. But as you think of this team and as you think of this month and as we go into the month, I just want you to know that the Lord is encouraging all of us. And the Lord is calling on us to remain continually with him. This is the time to hold firm to your God. This is the time to build a closer relationship with him. Because the times are hard and are challenging in our country. And the temptation is to drift. The devil will leverage it and want to get even Christians to drift. You know, because the times are becoming challenging around even the world. And Nigeria in particular. And the situation is, inflinch, is in, uh, inflicting a lot of pain and frustrations on many of our people. And believers are not insulated at all. They are not insulated. There is increasing pressure. And it is against this background that we are reminded to hold on fast to our faith and remain continually with God. To remain continually with God. As I shared thoughts with us this morning on our pains and God's promises, I'll be looking at our pains, the expression of our faith. I'll look at our our pain and our stand. How do we stand in the face of pain, in the face of suffering, and then our pain and God's promises? As I think of pain, how do we express pain? Are we sometimes pressed by pain to ask hard questions concerning our faith? Are we? Or do we just simply deny or even dismiss our doubts? Do we sometimes, when we feel pain or feel sorrow or feel extreme frustration, begin to doubt even our faith or begin to ask very hard questions? Do we ask questions like, God, why me? Why should I suffer like this? Why should I go through this kind of pain? Why do I go through this experience? How do we express our pains? Do we just deny or dismiss even our doubts and pretend as if they are not there instead of confronting them? Or do we, when we go to God in prayers, do we talk to God? Do we share our fears with God? 
Do we share our doubts and our disappointment and pains? Do we express them? Do we give them expression in our prayers? Or do we only just wear smiles when we come to God? When you take time to read the Psalms, you discover that many of the Psalms show that the Lord wants to hear our worst fears. He wants to hear our doubts. He wants to hear our hearts. And as you look through the Psalms, you see, I have listed some, and they can help to give voice to some of our deepest feelings and enable us to bring them to God who cares. When you look at Psalm 13, for instance, the plaintive cry, how much longer, Lord, expresses David's feeling of frustration and abandonment. He calls for attention in the midst of desperate isolation. And as you move further to Psalm 49, the psalmist feels a measure of pain in reaction to the riches of others and the futility of their lives. And as you come to Psalm 73, which is the psalm where the scriptural reference for our team is taken from, you will see this psalm expresses the pain and the impatience one can feel when life seems unfair. Yet, the process leads so to a fresh new view of hope as we see towards the end of Psalm 73. And then you move on to Psalm 83. This psalm seems to cry, God, speak up. The writer who feels overcome by enemies has no sense that God either notices or cares. Nevertheless, he prays for vindication and victory. And then in Psalm 88, a sigh of lonely desperation can be heard in Herman's appeal to God for help as his life seems to be seeping away quickly and painfully. This psalm is all unhappiness. There is no expression of hope there at all. And then we come to Psalm 90. Moses' psalm articulates the fear and pain of death. It reflects the dilemma in which the whole creation finds itself, intended by God for great glory and beauty, but ravaged by the crushing reality of human sin and rebellion. How do we express pain? How do we give expression to pain? The Lord wants to hear our pains. So let's not suppress them. But let's talk to God about them. But the beauty of it is the Lord anticipates them. And he has a solution for us. We need to begin to see how we can transform pain and fears into into faith. 
Because pain can quickly transform into fear if we don't deal with them. Pain and fear, if not viewed in the right perspective and identified as possible tools that the evil one can seek to use to distract us and disrupt our relationship with God, can become a major hindrance to our faith. But recognizing God as our sufficiency helps us to put our pain and fears in the right perspective. And then we reaffirm our faith. And that's the right approach to both pain and to our fears. To recognize that God is our sufficiency. And to recognize that yes, he is right there with us. And that he has us in the palms of his, hand, of his hands. So when we have nothing left but God we find that God is indeed enough for us. The Lord will help us. Because I see many people think and talk about the situation in the country. And they speak with a lot of hopelessness. But today I bring a message of hope to us. Hope not looking at the situation but looking at the power of God looking at the might of God and looking at the promises of the Lord so that we don't allow the pain of this moment to overcome us, so that we don't allow the pain of this moment to blind us to the realities of the promises of God and to the role that we can play in bringing those promises to pass that we can have the right perspective to our pains, our fears, and to the challenges that we currently face, and to know that it's only a matter of time. But more importantly is to know that God is indeed at work, and that he has a, he has a plan, and is working out his plan for his own people. And as we think of our pains, it's important that we continually re-examine our stand. Because sometimes our pains can begin to dictate our stand. Because sometimes we can allow our pains to begin to define even who we are. But that shouldn't be. And that's why we are reminded this month that this is the time to remain continually with God. And to remind us that, yes, we may have pains, but God's promises are there, they are sure, they are firm, they stand, and his promises will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. So, our pains and our stand, the outcome of pain. I want to just take us back again to Psalm 73, and I want, to, I want you to look closely at um, verses 25 and 26. Verses 25 and 26. 25 starts by saying, whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. And then the psalmist goes on in verse 26 to say, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. 
I like the way the contemporary English version puts it. It says, in heaven, I have only you. And on this earth, you are all I want. And verse 26 says, my body and mind may fail, but you are my strength and my choice forever. And my choice forever. And that connects with continually with God. Let God be our choice forever. No matter what. No matter what. No matter the situation. No matter the prevailing circumstances. No matter the pain. But let God remain our choice forever. And when he says, look, I'm your strength. Let's hold on to it. Let's hold on to it. And we saw in Isaiah 41.10, closing that verse, he says, look, he will grant us victories. I looked at it. He didn't say just one victory. But he says what? Victories. So no matter the situation you face or no matter the circumstances that confront you, the Lord is reaffirming that he's going to do what? He's going to grant you victories. So as we look at our pains and look at the outcome of, our, of, of, of pain, I remember the account of a cynic who asked an elderly lady, a believer, who had been enduring great physical pain for almost 20 years. He then went to her and then asked her, he said, what do you think of your God now? To the glory of God, the godly lady replied, in spite of her suffering, said to, to the cynic, I think of him more than ever. I think of him more than ever. What she's in essence saying is that, look, no matter my pain, my pain has drawn me even closer to my God. And I remember a lady, she used to be one of the writers with her daily bread. Great lady, I used to enjoy her writings a lot. And we had a program in Singapore, and she was to come in and be the guest speaker. But then she had cancer. And it was becoming increasingly difficult for her to travel from the United States to Singapore for that program. And she wrote an email that was shared with us, the leadership. And in that email, she said, she had spoken with her doctor, and her doctor has advised that she's not in a condition to travel to Singapore, much as she would desire to travel to Singapore and be at that program. She said, brethren are praying for me, and I'm believing God, and I want the will of God to be done. But no matter what happens, I know that my God is in control. I may have cancer, but cancer does not have me. 
And those are declarations coming from people, women of faith. And I feel greatly encouraged by that. Pain and sorrow can be the means of bringing us heart to heart with God. I see Nigerians today are drawing closer to God. Some are becoming cynical and saying that you think that it's prayer that will save you. It's prayer that has kept us on. And prayer will save us. Cynics can say whatever they want to say. But we believe that God has a plan. And his plan for our nation will come to pass in Jesus' name. So when repeated strokes of adversity have robbed us of health, friends, money, and favorable circumstances, God then becomes the only thing in life for us. So when you look at Nigeria, you look at the quality of leadership, you look at the quality of life, what do we have? God. And to God, we have turned. And I know that the Lord will respond to us in Jesus' name. I have no doubt that God is at work. And I've said it severally, that it does not take God time. We will see the manifestation in Jesus' name. And this is where sometimes pain and suffering can get us to. So we come to love him for who he is and not merely for what he has to give to us. We come to identify with him. We come to connect with the heart of God. Not so much because of what we can get, but because of who he is. I pray that the Lord will help us. And in those times, we cry out with the psalmist in Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. The path of pain or sorrow leads us to the place where we can say, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. And as we think of Nigeria, as we pray, as we continue to trust God, I have no doubts that we Nigerians can, like the Samis, also declare that the Lord indeed is our strength and that the Lord will come through for us in Jesus' name. But beyond all of this, and having said everything, we also must remember that on ahead lies heaven where God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. Revelation 21 verse 4 reminds us of that. And as believers, we must always also have this at the back of our minds. Because sometimes we may just get comfortable here that we forget the fact that this world is not our home. That this world is not what? It's not our home. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So the path of pain will have led us to the land where loss is unknown, a place where there is no grief, but only joy, and the service for which 
we have been fully prepared. This is what puts our pain in perspective. This is the sweet outcome of pain and sorrow. God our sufficiency in pain. When we have nothing left but God, we find that God is enough. God is enough. And I then ask, what is your stand? When faced with challenging situations, when faced with pain, when faced with severe frustration, what is your stand? Pain and sorrow can challenge our faith, but they also present us with opportunities to take our stand with God and declare that we are continually with God. And the Lord will help us. You know, as, as I kept thinking of our team and, and, and preparing for this message, I just couldn't help but think about roots in the Bible. I just kept thinking about roots. And I thought about her circumstances. And I saw in that lady, a great lady, who took her stand with God. Continually with God. Forget the, the, the way she has been tagged in the Yoruba language. You know, in the Yoruba language, they say, root abokoku. But the reality is that it's not root abokoku. It is root abolonduro or adrotiolong. Eh? So, so let's change it today. So when, any, when you hear anybody say, root abokoku, and for those who don't understand Yoruba language, Ruth Abokoku means Ruth who will die with your husband. But that is just intended to, to discount the great expression of faith that Ruth represents for all of us. Ruth, for me, is an amazing example. A great lady. For those of you who are not very familiar with the story of Ruth, you cannot talk about Ruth without first talking about Naomi. Naomi and her husband lived in Bethlehem. And times were hard, and there was near famine in Bethlehem. Harvest was poor. And Naomi and her husband Elimelech then decided that, look, perhaps they should move into the land of Moab. Maybe better fortune will smile at them. So they left and migrated from their home, their country home, and moved into the nation of Moab, just like many people are living in Nigeria today. And they got into Moab. They had two sons. And then in that country, their sons married, married two ladies. Ruth and Opa. Now, with time, Naomi's husband died. That was a lot of pain for Naomi. But like every woman, if they still have their children, there is still great comfort. So she was still okay. And she remained there. So she had her two sons and she had two daughters-in-law. And then suddenly her two sons died. Ah, 
Now, it then got to a point that she couldn't take it again. And she was almost changing, she was almost changing her name. She says, look, I'm now Mara. Things have gone bitter for her. And then she decided to leave the land of Moab back home. Because at that stage, she had nothing again. And then as they were preparing to leave, the two daughters-in-law were preparing along with her to go with her. But I reckon she must have sensed some reluctance somewhere. So somewhere along the way, she now said to them, look, you, you ladies don't have to come with me. Just stay back in your country, among your people, and then, you know, you can find for yourself new husbands to marry. Because even if you come with me, Chances are that, look, there is not much I can do for you. I can't possibly have sons again. Even if I, if I were to have sons, they won't grow up to meet you and for them to marry you, etc. So there is little value that I can add to your lives. So with that very little persuasion, Oprah then quickly decided and um, she went back to her people and to their gods. She stayed back. She went back to Moab. But Ruth stayed on and said, no, please don't discourage me from following you. I'm going to follow you. Wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Oprah made the call at that point to go back to her people and their gods. Ruth made the call at that same point to remain continually with the God of her mother-in-law, Naomi, Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty. And God used an unknown widow from a foreign nation to produce a king for his people because she followed Naomi right back to Bethlehem. And there she met Boaz. Boaz eventually married her. And she was blessed with a son. And that is Ruth. Was blessed with a son. And the neighbors around named the son Obed. Obed grew up. And had another son. Had a son called Jesse. And then Jesse had a son called David. And that was how Ruth from the land of Moab, came and became the grandmother of King David. Just what God can do. Just what God can do and what God can bring out of great adversity. And you and I know that from the lineage of King David came our Lord Jesus Christ when he came into this world to rescue us. That's the beauty of it. So when you are faced with pain, faced with challenging situation, let's not think that that is the end of it. Let's remain continually with God because God is going to write the final scripts. And I can assure you, just as the Bible says that all things work together for good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose, The Lord will grant you victory in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So God used an unknown widow from a foreign nation to produce a king for his people. Against the backdrop of Judges, Ruth's faith, even in her pain, shines like a point of light in the spiritual darkness of that era. In Ruth's story, we can take hope from the fact that no matter how terrible the times may be, God always has his people and he is always carrying out his plans. So even as we think of Nigeria, and as hopeless as some people may think that our situation is, I want you to know that God always has his people and is always carrying out his plans. And his plans for this nation will come to pass in Jesus' name. Are you aware that the Lord wants to use you? Just as the Lord used Ruth, are you aware that the Lord wants to use you? Particularly those of us that are believers, that God wants to use us. And I just want you to look at yourself and just point at yourself and say, look, God wants to use me. And you see, you may just be wondering, ah, but me, little me, what can I do? We look at all the big problems in Nigeria. But you see, in the situation in Israel, God used a foreign woman who came into that land, came in the midst of her own pain and frustrations. So you and I are better positioned than Ruth was at her time to be used of God in resolving some of the problems of our nation. So the question is, are you aware that the Lord wants to use you? What you can do may seem small and not very important. But as Ruth shows, that hardly matters. Any speck of faith can light a fire of righteousness. Any speck of faith can light the fire of righteousness. And that's where we are in this country. And the Lord is counting on you and I to ignite that little spark of faith. And he's going to pick it and you'll do great things. The important thing is for you to be sensitive to God and to know that one, that God wants to use you and to identify precisely what God wants you to do. And then you move. Don't stay back. Don't make the call to stay away. Be like Ruth. Declare your stand with God. Remain continually with God. Don't join those who are grumbling and complaining. You can do something. We have so many praying platforms in church. People are praying day and night. You'll be wondering, so what's my prayer going to do? Is it just pray, pray, pray? Yes, pray. Join one. Make an appointment. Be part of it. Go to the virtual prayer room, 12 to 2 p.m. every weekday. People are praying. Different groups are praying at different times again. We have a session that is going on. 30 minutes for 30 days. 
praying for Nigeria. God is listening. He's taking accounts. God is at work. When you begin to see the, the, the manifestation, will be like they that dreamed. Will be like they that dreamed. Let me just shut down there. The Lord had need, has need for each of us. And then our pain and God's promises. Embracing God's promises in the midst of pain. God's promises and his capacity. You know, I tell people, sometimes we worry perhaps because we doubt God's capacity. But God has immense capacity. And it takes us to only understand or even catch a glimpse of it. So when God says in Psalm 41 verse 10, when he says, I will strengthen you, God has a strong resolve with which to fulfill this promise. He is able to do all things. Brethren, until you can drain the ocean of omnipotence, until you can break in pieces those towering mountains of almighty strength, you never need to fear because God has a huge reservoir. The strength of humanity will never be able to overcome the power of God. The power of God is immense. It's immense. The same God who directs the earth in its orbit, feeds the burning furnace of the sun, and trims the lamps of heaven, has promised to supply you with daily strength. Our God is the creator of heaven and earth. He keeps, this earth is just rotating. Nothing is holding it. God in his might keeps it going. And it's just only one of multiple planets. Everything is under the control of God. So Nigeria is a small thing. Nigeria is what? And then you, in the midst of all of this, you are what? But yet, you are very important to God. He knows you by name. He knows everything about you. He created you. He loves you. And he's going to perfect all that concerns you in Jesus' name. If he is able to uphold the whole universe, don't dream that he will prove unable to fulfill his own promises. Remember how he spoke and it came to being. He commanded and he stood firm. Psalm 33 verse 9 reaffirms that. And then when he says that, look, I will protect you with my arm and give you victories. Believe it. Shall the one who created the whole world go weary? He hangs the earth upon nothing. Shall the one who does this be unable to support his children? Shall he be unfaithful to his word because of lack of power or capacity? No. Who is it that holds back the storms? 
Doesn't he ride on the wings of the wind, make the clouds his chariot, and hold the ocean in the hollow of his hand? How can he fail you? When he has put a promise like this on record, can you for a moment indulge the thought that he has outpromised himself and gone beyond his power to fulfill? No, 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 no. You must no longer doubt. We must not doubt. I just want us to reaffirm our faith in God and in his promises. Oh, my God and my strength, I can believe this promise will be fulfilled. For the boundless reservoir of your grace can never be exhausted. The overflowing storehouse of your strength can never be emptied by your friends or ransacked by your enemies. Let us bow our heads and pray. I just want you to begin to just talk to God. I don't know what pains you are going through or what challenges confront you or the frustrations that you face, whether in your personal life, in your family, or in your business, or at your place of work, or even frustration with our country, Nigeria, because you feel a sense of hopelessness. The Lord gives, the Lord brings and gives us hope, both as a people and as a nation. And I just want us to look up to God and let's hold on to God. Let's stay continually with God. He has promised us victories. And as you speak to God this morning over your situation, I just want you to remind the Lord that yes, you are there and you are fully committed in standing and staying continually with him. I know that the Lord will delight in that and I can assure you that our God is a faithful God. Every promise of the Lord will not go unfulfilled. No promise will fall to the ground. Let's speak to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us. Where we have failed, where we have disappointed, yes, even where we have expressed doubts, but let's not allow the expression of our doubts to stop us from continuing with God. This is the time to speak to God, talk to God, talk to God, talk to God. Let's talk to God. Do we have anyone here? You have not at any time given your life to Christ. You have not asked the Lord Jesus to come into your life. So you can't even be talking about continually remaining with God. This is your chance. This is your chance to ask that the Lord Jesus will come into your life. And our pastors are here to pray with you. This is your chance to identify with God. To say, Father, I've been running my life the way I want. But I know that I can't continue like this. I need you and I need you in my life. I need you and I need you in my life. You want a fresh start with the Lord. This is your chance this morning to confess your sins. 
Repent of them. Confess them. And ask the Lord to come into your life. Ask Jesus into your life. Our pastors are there. Just signify by raising up your hand. Just signify by raising up your hands. Whether you are in the main auditorium with us. In the penal. Or connected to us online. Text your num Text to the number that is displayed on the screen and our ministers will reach out to you. Those of you who are here, just signify by raising up your hand. You are raising your hands not to man, but to God. This is your chance. You have a unique opportunity today. You have a unique opportunity today. Signify by raising up your hands. This is your chance to give your life to Christ and have a fresh beginning with God and be a partaker in the promises of God. We've talked about promises today. You may be going through pains. You need those promises in your life. And it's only when you give your life to Christ that you can lay claims to those promises. This is your chance. If you are here, just signify by raising up your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we want to thank you. We want to adore your name. Thank you, Father, for the pains that we go through. Thank you, Lord, for your promises that are there for us. We just thank you because you are a great God. We thank you, Lord, Father, because our pains are not the end of our stories. Because, again, our pains do not define us. But thank you, Father, because your word defines us. Our walk with you defines us. You define us. And thank you, Father, as we come before you, Lord, today. Help us, Lord, to see you in our every situation. Help us, Lord, to recognize you even in our pains and to know that you have promised victories for us and those victories will be ours in the name of Jesus. Let us take comfort in your word, comfort and solace in your promises as we continue to look up with you. Help us to take our stand with you. Help us like Ruth to declare that we shall continually remain with you. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. And to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.